All right, good morning. Uh, welcome back to the Q&A. Uh, my name is Jonathan Monk. I get to serve here as the high school youth pastor, uh, joined by Ryan Toller, who yep. directs our college ministry. He's also my spike ball teammate. That's we're, right. We're not here to talk about that. Oh, man, we should. But, uh, so I'm filling in for Tracy Johnson, our director of communication. Obviously, Ryan's filling in uh, for Doug. So uh, this is a practical time where you can send in the questions you have, uh, practical questions based upon the message that you just uh, heard, uh, so that you see the number on the screen and you can text those questions. And we're glad that you decided to join, uh, whether you're watching online uh, live right now, or maybe you uh, will be listening to this as you're driving to work uh, tomorrow or uh, Tuesday morning. So, uh, first of all, man, super encouraged. Yeah. Uh, really good to hear the big story of the Bible. Um, <clears throat> I, I have heard that before. Whoa. Um, but I was encouraged to hear the part about that we're partakers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm participating. I get to be a part of what God yep. um, is doing. So I have heard that before, but it was it landed on me in a uh, in a different way. So grateful for that. So uh, first question, uh, kind of a, um, a big question, or to start us off is. You, you walked us through a chart, mm-hmm. and so can you tell us kind of where you got the chart from? Did you create that like a week ago? <laughs> <laughs> I so, wish I could take credit for that. So where, yeah, where the chart came from, yeah, so yeah, we'll start there. Yeah, so chart comes from, I graduated from a school up in Columbia, South Carolina called Columbia International University, and we had a class called the, um, Progress Parkers. of Redemption, and so this chart is a mix between two classes, Bible for Teachers and Progress, and um, so the chart was developed there. Believe it or not, I did my own chart, and it was terrible. It didn't look good. So I stole my roommate's chart, Tommy Rutt. He was my roommate in college. And I found out that he stole it from another person, and that person stole it from another person. So okay. just the graphic is what we, we steal. But yeah. uh, we all had to develop a chart like that, and so that's where it comes from. Yeah, I think I made a, a placemat. Uh, oh, like, did you? It wasn't, wasn't very creative. but uh, <laughs> We had a guy that found a, a big snapping turtle okay. when I was at CIU, and he, and he wrote the chart on the shell of the snapping turtle and then put him back in the pond. So, oh, that's pretty creative. Yeah, it's a redeemed turtle. That's right. Um, all right, so um, you took the class, Progress of Redemption. Tell us when you took it, who taught the class, and maybe how that class impacted you as a college student. Yeah, um, Dr. Mark Williams was my teacher, and it was very helpful for me because I grew up in a, in a church that, I, that taught the Bible but taught it in individual sections. And so I never actually saw the, the full story of Scripture play out uh, in my upbringing. And so I get into college thinking I, you know, I was a Bible student. I knew everything. And I was just blown away to see really how small I am yeah. and compared to how big God is and the work He's doing. So very helpful for me in my own personal walk to see the Bible as one narrative telling one story. And so right. just, it's, it's great. Uh, it provides a lot of helpful things in terms of daily life. Yeah. Um, so just really great. Yeah, and can you tell us a little bit about when the idea kind of landed on you that, hey, I'm, I'm going to teach Ephesians 3, 5, and 6, but I'm going to back out and teach the whole story of the Bible? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So it, it, uh, I had the thought to teach this chart when I read verse 5, and it said that this mystery was not revealed to past generations. And so I thought, well, I want to go see what past generations hmm. thought and what they felt. And so when I looked at the story of Scripture and I looked at the chart in light of Ephesians 3, 6, 
I began to see, I think, the big picture of the mystery and that it was a big deal yeah. uh, and not just something I can read over and say, oh, that's cool. Because that's how I actually read over it the first time when I was studying the passage. But verse 5 propelled me to kind of get a big picture view of what was it that other generations did not know. Mm. So. No, that's good. Yeah, and one of the, um, one of the things you had said, uh, I think right at the beginning as you kind of transitioned into the chart is, um, let's place ourselves in, in the characters of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, we all want to get better at reading and, and getting into God's Word, but how does, um, like when you read the Bible and you place yourself as the person in the story, how has that changed your Bible reading, or how does it help you understand Scripture better? Of course. there. Um, I heard a professor call it once, he called it yearbook theology, where the first thing you do when you get your yearbook at school is you open it up and you find what? The picture of yourself, right? Mm. And then you Looking go, yourself, yes, yeah. you look for yourself. And then you go in all the other uh, pages of the yearbook and you look to see where you are with your friends, you know? And so we can bring a yearbook theology into how, how we read the Bible, where we can open up a, pi- a passage and think, this is for me, this is for me. And there is implications, and uh, we know that Scripture was, Old Testament was given for our instruction. There's no doubt about that. But right. uh, I don't want to open up the Bible and everything that's said, put it into my mind of, oh, this is, this is for me, right. I suppose. I don't know if, yeah, if that's Yeah, because clear. you see that God is not just speaking now, but he's been speaking uh, for a long time, and you want to see that uh, there's more to you than the story. That's right. And I want yeah, to understand the story sense. of Scripture before I ask the question of how does this help me yeah. today. And so uh, I think that's the first step we got to take is what's God saying to the intended audience and what's the intended meaning? And after I understand that, I think the next great question is to ask, well, how can this uh, help me to live a, a more Christ-like life? Oh, that's good. One of the, uh, I think you may have said this early on, kind of the uh, principle in the, the chart is, um, how did you put it? Uh, God is not in a hurry, but he loves to grow things. Mm-hmm. So great principle. How has that principle encouraged you uh, personally in your own life? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, I I didn't really understand that principle until college as well, where I uh, when I didn't believe or I didn't know God's not in a hurry, He loves to grow things. I actually fell into a pretty big comparison trap because I look at uh, the guy who taught me how to talk, teach the Bible, and I think, man, I should be there, you know, like I, I should be at that point. And he was actually in service today, so it's kind of like a nerve wracking, <laughs> nerve wracking thing. But I compared myself to yeah. to so many people. And it's when I recognize that God's actually not in a hurry in my life, but he wants to grow me to be uh, a vessel to be used in a different way than the guy who taught me. It was really helpful for me. Um, And just in general, that he's not in a hurry is a a principle because I always, we always want to like snap our fingers and get to the destination. But the Lord is actually more, uh, the Lord cares a whole lot about the process to that destination Mm. because... Uh, it's my sanctification, the day by day that is what is conforming me to the person of Jesus. And he could snap his fingers, and I shared that during the, the lesson, but he right. chooses to work slowly. That's and that's, right. shown through, that's shown through me. You know, I, I'm still a young gun trying to figure out um, how good. I can be more like Jesus, and so thankful for, for that. And that's shown in the story of Scripture, too. Right. So. so the principle is an encouragement when the comparison trap comes in. Yes, that's there's good, no man. doubt. That's because good. the Lord's not in a hurry with that person either. And so why, why, right. why should I assume I'd, I'm there, you know? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, no, that's good. I remember when I took the class that that principle, God's not in a hurry, he grows things. 
uh, I remember Dr. Lehman, you had it with Dr. McWilliams, I had it with Dr. Lehman, said that God grows families, he grows churches, he grows people, and so it helped me. Uh, I, I was taking the class in light of some dysfunction in my own family, mm-hmm. uh, and it was, I, I was, it was over a winter break, and so I was away from CIU, but I remember taking that principle in, hey, God's not in a hurry, he grows things, he's growing my family, mm-hmm. even in spite of what I see. Yeah. Uh, and he grows churches and he grows people, so. Mm-hmm. That's um, good. Yeah, as soon as you said that, I was like, it brought back a lot of good memories, so. That's great. Um, anyways. All right, uh, so someone is asking, and this is a very, very good practical question, uh, whoever you are, is there some uh, place to find a study on this? And so uh, I guess we can talk to uh, Tracy and try to get this, uh, the chart on the website someplace. Yeah, the chart yeah. should be a resource under, or it should be under the resource tab on the website. Yeah. The, I know the people who had the memo, the white sheet, mm-hmm. the one on the website's inverted, so it's black. Um, but that's on that's on the yeah. website. There's also a um, Buck Hatch Library. Mm. There's a guy from CIU who taught this class, and the university took all his teachings and put it in a library online. So, um, and no, I would be CIU dot. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll get it yeah, on yeah, yeah. online. But yeah. it's what I used to reference when I was trying to consider okay. parts of the scripture. Um, and Buck Hatch is a a professor who went to CIU or taught at CIU for a long time. So. If, and it's a free resource, too, yeah. that you could listen to the whole story. Um, or you can listen to this whole thing in, like, I think it's a classroom setting. So okay. things like 40 classes. But I think it's buckhatchlibrary.com, right. but we can shoot it out there. Yeah. That was helpful for me. Um, well, someone is uh, asking some interesting questions here. Oh, something no. about snapping turtles, but we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. Um, all right, this is a pretty good question. Let's check our time. All right, we're good. All right. By allowing the story to, to progress as long as it did, didn't God prevent many more from experiencing this beautiful mystery unfold? What about those who never got a chance to see Jesus or experience its fulfillment? To see the fulfillment? Want me to read it again? Yeah, please. Because I need to read it again. <laughs> By allowing the story to progress, this is where I'm like, I'm glad I don't have to answer this question. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna divert it back to you, <laughs> and I'm gonna probably call somebody. All right, Doug, <laughs> probably. Um, by allowing the story to progress as long as it did, <clears throat> didn't God, didn't it prevent, um, didn't God prevent many more from experiencing this beautiful mystery unfold? And what about those who never got a chance to see Jesus or experience its fulfillment? So Abraham. David, Samuel, so forth. They never got a chance to see Jesus. I'm thinking that's who they probably have in mind. Mm-hmm. It's a good question. My instinct goes to the reality that uh, one of the, the guy who the promise, the four promises was given to named Abraham, we see in Scripture that uh, he, he was, his righteousness was accredited to him, not because of uh, what he did, but because of what he believed in, and being faith, that faith, mm-hmm. He was seen as a righteous man because he had faith in the God that he knew. And the God that he knew said, here's four promises, walk in them. And he had faith that those four promises were going to uh, come. Mm. And he was going to walk in them whether he saw the promises or not. And there, no doubt there is a reality of seeing the whole picture. There's, there's a sweetness to it. But I think Abraham lived in a sweetness of anticipation, too, of mm. the great Messiah. And that, that, of course, maybe he didn't know the name of the Messiah, but he knew a great blessing was going to come through him. 
And so uh, could you say one is better? I mean, it's definitely, I'd probably say more helpful that we have the full picture, but I wouldn't say that Abraham was less of a believer because he didn't know the person of Jesus. He still had faith in the God uh, of his time and that God had revealed a part of him. And Abraham said, I'm going to hold fast to this part that I know. And I think that's the reason why righteousness was accredited to him. So right. I don't know if that answers the question. That's but, good. And then the, if somebody wanted to look at those passages, where could they go to? Uh, Genesis 12 and 15 yeah. are, are the places where God gives this covenant, um, this promise to Abraham. Right. So anything to add with that question? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't add anything to that. Uh, I think Galatians, what is it, Galatians 4? The gospel was preached to him. Mm-hmm. I think it's Galatians 4. You're right. You are right. Um, let's see here. Yeah. That's a great question, though. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. Tough one. Um, all right. Let's see here. Um, any, as you, as you look at the whole story of Scripture, and you walk through a lot, uh, would you encourage anybody to go to one particular place in Scripture? If they're like, man, I want to read the Bible more, I'm kind of at a dry spot, I'm not reading the Bible consistently, you walked us through a lot in the Old Testament, is there one place you'd point at someone on the chart and go, hey, go spend some time there? Is this someone who doesn't know Scripture much or is familiar yeah. with it? Uh, someone who is not very familiar with Scripture. Oh, I'd, I always point people to the Gospel, because okay. Jesus is really, the Messiah is the crux of the Scriptures and how they're fulfilled. And there's a lot of the things in the Old Testament that point to Him, and I think by reading the Gospels, and getting a good understanding of them, then you're able to go back into the Old Testament and find those like reflecting points in Scripture that mm. point to Him coming. And it becomes a whole lot sweeter, because if I read the Old Testament first, I would not understand the last plague of Egypt, the spotless lamb. I wouldn't have an understanding of that's pointing to Christ. I would just think, oh, that's kind of strange. But after reading the Gospels, I actually can have a good understanding and see where Jesus mm. is kind of referenced the Messiah is referenced as I continue the, the story of, of Scripture. And there's multiple. You have the death of, or the sacrificing of Isaac. You have the snake on the pole in the wilderness. Right. And so the Old Testament becomes more sweeter as you understand what Jesus fulfilled in the Gospels. No, that's good. But, I mean, some people would disagree with me. I think that's okay. Yeah. Uh, you could read Old Testament first. It, right. You'd probably build an anticipation for this Messiah right. at the same yeah. time. So it's just a different kind of emphasis, right. I suppose. And I think the Gospels are a great place to start because you, if they, if a person who doesn't know the Bible well heard the chart today, there's so much of the Old Testament that was covered, but you didn't have time to go into all the words and works of Jesus. Of course. So the Gospels are a great place to go. Yeah. Um, hey, last uh, question here. Um, you talked about uh, the Bless um, initiative or mm-hmm. challenge that we're doing. Um, I know you've had some opportunities in your own neighborhood. What has been challenging about that for you? Uh, trying to engage our neighbors? Yeah, of course. I, there, we have a neighbor next door to us. Her name's Clara, very sweet lady. Um, she's more elderly and uh, doesn't have anyone living with her. And so there's a kind of a heart for Hannah and I mm. to want to bless her, to invite her into our home, to become more than just neighbors, uh, but to become friends. And that's regardless of, I, I still am not sure where she stands in light of her relationship with Jesus, but I, I want to be a blessing to her. And yeah. so uh, we, we actually just shot her a text to ask if she'd want to have a dinner. Um, she hasn't responded yet, so we might drop by with some cookies to invite her. But I shared this at the end. Um, but I, it, I just can't understand personally how I could uh, live my life in a way that's not a blessing to others like Jesus lived by what Jesus did for me. 
you know, it, and, it, and I guess it, it shows the, the Holy Spirit working in my life because I really do. I want to be the person of Jesus in my condominium. Yeah. Uh, when people walk by to say he's different. And I don't right. want them to say he's different in a boastful way for me. I want them to say he's different because I want them to see Jesus. And so right. uh, it's the, it's, I'm really nervous. It's really nervous, though, because I, what if she says no? Or right. what if conversations is awkward and stuff like that? But right. um, I, I'm convinced that I think it would be a gift to her to provide her a meal because right. she's by herself. So right. I want to love her well. Yeah, no. I think you. I think a lot of people see Christ in you. I know you're a, a lot of. We're very encouraged to work with you here, man. Very wise. Um, so, I to go back to I think where we started is we're partakers, and so it's cool to see. I think how I forget how you said it, is as partakers, we're not just receivers, but we want to bless. Yeah, we want to bless, and so mm-hmm. I'm challenged by that. That you're not just wanting to be a blessing here to your college students, but even to the yep. the people that you live by. Yep. So. For sure. Uh, well, I hope that was an encouragement to you to listen to these um, questions. And uh, we will see you uh, next week. Tracy and uh, Doug will be back. And we'll see you guys Doug later. Doug will be back. You'll Doug, be able to, yeah, Doug will be not be back. <laughs> I'll be here. But uh, I don't know why I said that. But hey, hope you have a great uh, 4th of July. And as Ryan said, maybe it'd be great to spend some time this afternoon or tomorrow in the Gospels uh, as you look back um, to the Old Testament. Yeah. So uh, have a great uh, Sunday. See you. See ya.